Good morning. Hey, uh, it's good to see all the conversations happening. Me interrupting you is a good thing. <laughs> How's everyone's first week of the new year been? <laughs> a little bit, of, a little bit everywhere. <laughs> Well, good morning and welcome to Community. Uh, my name is Seth Johns. I'm the youth pastor here at uh, Community Christian Fellowship. And I got a couple announcements this morning. So first thing, this Monday, our men's group is back and running. So uh, if you are part of the men's group or if you want to begin being part of the men's group, uh, that is starting back up again this Monday. As a church body, we will be continuing to collect donations for Capital Area Pregnancy Center. Uh, we started that last Sunday, and we will be going through next Sunday, so we still have this week. Uh, some of the needs that are mentioned are new pacifiers, teethers, diaper ointment, baby lotion, crib and pack and play sheets, new and used 9 through 12 month girl clothes, 9 through 12 month sleepers, and there will be a pack and play in the lobby uh, just in front of the office that you can place those donations in. So this next week, and we will be uh, going through next Sunday. Our next Community 101 will be on January 15th, following the morning service. If you're new, working towards membership, or just want to learn a little bit more about us here at Community, uh, this event is for you, and there will also be a lunch provided afterwards as well. Well, 2023 is CCF's 100th year anniversary. Our celebration will begin on the 22nd with a birthday celebration, and we will have different ways to celebrate each month of this year as we remember all that the Lord has done the last 100 years through this church. Uh, we will have calendars available soon in the lobby. The new year is a perfect time to get connected, so if you're interested in being more involved here at Community, uh, maybe you are interested in baptism or membership, uh, reach out. So you can reach out to Kaylin. Um, feel free to ask the office for her email or just find her here in person as well. One way that, you, uh, that we could use some help is child care during Sunday school hour. Uh, so nursery through preschool, uh, just find Carrie and let her know that you'd be willing to help. She's there in the back. Uh, in the gray shirt, raising her hand. Uh, she said, even if you can do one Sunday a month, she said that would still be a great help. So uh, Sunday school time, nursery through preschool, uh, we could use some help. Another thing here, we have a ladies' craft night coming up, February 24th at 6 p.m. The cost of that is $15, and you will get to make a beautiful fabric wreath says, bring a snack to share and join us. You can sign up for that on our website. Um, so sign up for the ladies' craft night. Sounds like you're going to make some cool wreaths. Maybe they'll even be Hawaiian-themed, like my shirt. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, I just want to welcome anyone that is new here at Community. Uh, we have a counter out here in the lobby with gift bags. Uh, there's a little piece of paper in there. Uh, that we just ask that you fill out. That way we can get to know you and get connected with you as well. At this time, can I have everyone stand with me as I open with a word of prayer?
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning that we can come, that we can worship you freely. God, be with us as we worship you in song. God, I pray that each one of us clears room, that we recognize the Holy Spirit in our own hearts as we worship you this morning. Give us ears to hear, minds that are focused as we open your word, and as you speak through Glenn this morning. May our hearts be devoted for you, not just this morning, but as we continue this new year. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
here's my heart. so much uh, for the ability to come and uh, worship you, Lord, freely and worship you with everything that we have. Bless the message this morning that it um, would be your words spoken and your words that we hear this morning and your words that we walk out of here, Lord, to share. And uh, bless us as we go. Bless our weeks. And in your name, amen. Well, Happy New Year. I know you all started last week without me. Yeah, we were out visiting uh, grandkids out uh, west of here, and uh, but appreciate Brian preaching last week and getting the year off to a good start. 
Uh, January, oh, we need to dismiss the children. How about that? What a great start to a new year. Okay, all right, all right, boys and girls, this is your moment. All right, head on out there, Miss Carrie. Okay, good. Yeah, 2023, we've already lived through a week of it. Wow, how did you do? You're going to make it through the rest of the 51 to come? <laughs> all right. And New Year's are kind of an interesting thing. I, I don't know. I, I enjoy, I think, the idea of a restart, but I also feel the anxiety of what that means, too, particularly when it comes to things like starting now to take care of putting your taxes in and all that stuff and all the new stuff that comes with a new year and that type of thing. You probably all feel the same way. It's great. Okay. But it's, in some ways, I just have to help my mind. You know, it's just another day, right? Okay, another day as we keep going. So that's a helpful thing. Well, in, in the month of January, I, I kind of like to spend time uh, on some basic things as we start a new year. Um, I remember the story of Vince Lombardi. You remember that name? He was a great football coach with the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, when he first started with the Packers, they really were bad. I mean, super bad. And uh, so when they got back together for spring training, uh, I know we have some Packer fans here. Yeah, I see that. Okay. All right. Um, when they got together for spring training uh, and, and got started the, the year after they had been such a terrible team the year before, he says, okay, we're going to start with basics. So he got out the football and he says, this is a football. Now, and that's really basic. Okay. Well, I'm going to be really basic today. Okay. I'm going to talk about Bible reading and prayer. And, uh, you know, okay, we've heard this before. We know we should and all of these things. But, hey, we got to get back to basics, you know. There, there's just some places we got to revisit. Um, and, and the rest of this month, I'm going to be talking about some real basic things. Now, the 22nd, as Seth mentioned, will be our birthday party for this church. Can you believe it? A hundred years. How many of you were here on the first Sunday? <laughs> oh, man, nobody. Okay. All right. You probably think I was. I know. Okay. All right, no. But, but through this year, uh, we're planning a lot of fun things. We have a, had a committee, a task force that's been working on the planning, and uh, we'll be hearing from a lot of people. We won't go all the way back to the beginning because those people aren't still around to come talk to us, but we'll be hearing from some previous leadership here, and uh, we'll be having some testimonies from people who have been touched by this ministry, and we're just looking to a great time of celebrating what God has done, but also to look forward to what He's going to do in the days to come. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, on the 22nd, I'll be uh, preaching a message really based on God's faithfulness in the past and his call to us in the future. And so we're looking forward to uh, celebrating that as well. But today, I, I want to spend some time here with you uh, talking about the whole issue of what we kind of know as Christians is important in our lives, but sometimes we uh, need to kind of get refreshed and, and, and re refocused in this whole area. And that is uh, Bible reading and prayer in the new year. So I, I'm just going to be real basic today. I have some real basic questions that I've asked myself this week and hopefully uh, can help us answer together. And the first one is, why is Bible reading important? You know, why, why should we be concerned about this? And you say, well, pastor, that's so simple. I mean, we all know that. But okay, help, just walk with me, okay? Uh, and we're not going to study one passage of Scripture this morning. Actually, we're going to be looking at a lot of different passages. And, and so uh, you can follow along on the screen. I'll have them up here. Or you can follow along in your Bible. Uh, we're not going to do a Bible drill. We're not going to give out candy bars if you get there first. Okay, all right. But uh, why is Bible reading important? Uh, 
Well, well, hey, I think the most easy answer to that, the most standard, the most important answer to that is the Bible is God's Word. All right? The Bible is God's Word. If you want to hear from God, all right, read His Word. People say, I haven't heard from God for a while. Well, guess what? Maybe you haven't read His Word for a while. I mean, you know, if, if we're not if we're not reading, we're not hearing, and, and we can't listen to what we don't hear, we need to be in His Word. God has been faithful, and we're not going to spend time this morning. I, I could do a, a, a message on, you know, why the Bible's trustworthy and all of that, um, and we can talk about that if you'd like to, but I'm not going to really be focused on that today. We're just going to start with this focus. It is God's Word. Now, um, if you want to hear from God, you need to read his word. And God has been faithful throughout time to provide us his communication to us in a way that we can understand. Now, there's been a lot of people uh, in history that have tried to wipe out his word. There have been those who resisted, even within the structured church, trying to resist those who would make his word available to the common person. There's been people who have died, burned at the stake, because they were those who were being used by God to provide His Word in the language of the people. Um, isn't it great that you can, I mean, I don't know how many Bibles I have in my office, you know, it, it, but I, I have no excuse to not be able to read it. And, and, and of course, now we have this. Yeah, and some of you say, well, I, I don't, I don't. Okay, we're not going to get in the argument about whether this really is. It is the Bible, okay? If you're reading the Word on here, it's still the Word of God, okay? Okay, it just might not be in a different format than you're used to. But if you're comfortable here reading, I, I read both, okay? But I, I got to tell you, the, uh, the U version, I'm going to talk about this later in the message, but the U version Bible is so wonderful. I mean, you can get any translation you want. You can get all kind of guide, guidance in, in reading. You can find the study helps, uh, and, and it's just wonderful. And, uh, man, that, that was a God thing. That, that um, I think it was Craig Rochelle and his church that really led that, uh, that movement to put that together. And they've done a great job, and we've just all been blessed by it. And, but I, I believe that, and all the times in history, when the Bible has been made available to us in ways that we can access it and read it so we understand it, that's what God wants you to, you know, he doesn't want it to be so that you have to wonder if you might be able to figure it out or you have to go to seminary, you know, so you can get, thank God for those who do go to seminary, thank God for those who teach at seminary to give us insights, don't get me wrong. On the other hand, the Bible is God's word and if God wants to speak to you, he will speak to you, right? And you know, he does want to speak to you. He's, he's done all these things so that his word is available to us. I'm going to look at a few scriptures here. Uh, you know this one, 2 Timothy 3.16. Right? All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Okay, why read the Word of God? Well, this Scripture really tells us <laughs> four things why we should read it, right? First of all, of course, it's inspired by God. It is His Word. But, but it teaches us what is true, okay, a lot of struggle in these days about what is true, where do you go to find your truth, how can you trust it, 
uh, I want to go to the Bible. I want to hear what God has to say. I mean, I I hear a lot of people tell me what they think is true, um, and I'm supposed to believe what that's true because they said it's true. No, no, not necessarily. I, I don't really go for that. I need to find an authority that really speaks truth in the midst of all kind of confusing questions that are around me. Yeah. And so where do I go? I go to the Word of God. It is inspired. It's His Word. And He will teach me what is true if I will read His Word. And it will make me realize what's wrong in my life. I'm going to talk about that later. So hang on to that one. But, but, but it's kind of like, okay, if we get off track, it'll show me. Right? But then it doesn't leave me there, right? It'll teach me what's wrong, but then it'll correct me. The, the Word of God will correct me. Get me back on track. Okay, here I'm going here. All right, so I have the truth, but then I get away from it, and the Word of God shows me I get me back on track, and I get back here, and it teaches me then to do what is right. And all those four things that we need so desperately on a daily basis as we want to walk with God. You see, the Bible, the Word of God is God's gift to us. He, he wants us to know Him and have a relationship with Him. His Word is a key way for that to happen. Um, and his word is powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Wow. I think Sometimes maybe we don't want to read the Bible because this is true, but, but it is true, isn't it? When you're reading the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is working in your heart and, and you're allowing His Word to penetrate who you are, as it says on this verse, it will go to the deepest places. It'll speak to you in ways that nobody else can. God Himself knows you. He knows what's inside, and He loves you. I mean, it's not like, I'm going to get you. That's not the idea here. But it's going to expose things that are keeping us from what he wants in our life. And it's going to get us on the track. It's going to be effective. Um, It it cuts deep because we need often to be cut deep. You know, um, as I think about that, um, some of you have had uh, surgery, you know, where somebody's cut deep into your body to fix something. The surgery itself is not what we are pleased about. This was somebody this week that had surgery, and uh, we were talking, and I, I said, um, you know, there's two kinds of surgery, right? There, there, there's major surgery, and there's minor surgery. You know how to define those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, minor surgery is when it's somebody else. Yeah, a, a major surgery is when it's you. Yeah, that, that, that's how you define those, right? Okay, yeah, okay, all right. All right, well, well the Word of God will, will bring about major surgery in our lives, and, and it might be painful, it, it might, but it is, the purpose is to bring about the good result in our lives. Um, yeah, yeah. Does that necessary surgery. Now, the, the uh, third thing I want to mention here about the Word of God is it supplies nourishment to us. Um, yeah. If, uh, if you want to stay healthy, and the, the, my wife is going to laugh when I say this, you're going to eat what's good for you. Because she's always telling me that. And, and she does a good job at it. I, I'm not usually listening most of the time. I think what's good for me is what I want to eat, you know, like what tastes good and what I like. 
Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> so as we start a new year, maybe I'll get on a better path there. I don't know. But anyway, that's another message. Uh, but the Bible supplies nourishment to us. Um, we read in Jeremiah chapter 15, interesting words from the prophet. He said, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. Isn't that an interesting? I mean, some translations say, I ate them. Okay, I took them inside. <laughs> I actually consumed your word. And then he says, they are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. The word of God is not just to be a, something we read academically. It's not just something we get information and say, okay, I read that, I know what it is, done. No, it's to be a part of us. We have to take it inside. Uh, we have a part in this, don't we? Okay, certainly God has given us his word. He, he makes it available. But we have a responsibility to open it up and read it, but not just to do that, but also, as Jeremiah the prophet says, to consume it, to take it in. To have an openness within us, and it gives us nourishment. If you don't eat, eventually that's going to have a negative effect on you. I mean, I think I could not eat for a while, and I'd probably be okay. And some of you agree with me, but maybe you agree on your own, too. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but if I don't eat for a while, I'm going to start to show some real problems. It's going to have a real negative effect on who I am, and my physical strength, and my health. Well, it's true, isn't it? If, you, uh, if you're reading the Word of God regularly, if you're taking it in, if you're taking that nourishment, it's going to give you strength. It's going to give you nourishment spiritually. You're going to stay spiritually alive. It's subtle when we don't. We think we're still doing okay sometimes when we're not reading regularly. I know I've been there sometimes. Then I realize, okay, man, there's some things missing here. Uh, uh, it's just not where it should be. I mean, we can get on in life without God. Do you know that? But we really don't have life with God if we're doing that. We don't have the nourishment that we need because that's what really matters. You're, you're all here. You believe that. We're here together to say, oh, man, I need more of the Lord. I, I need to grow in Him. This is what's important in my life. His word is a key factor to bring us nourishment. Okay, so those are, um, well, one more thing, one more thing. It, it does give us guidance day to day. I love this, this verse. Maybe you've memorized it. I have Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You, you want to have knowledge on how you should live and where you should go and decisions you should make. Now, I don't believe that God's always going to give you a super clear answer on every little thing, but he certainly will guide you in your decisions if we will look to him for that. You know, I think it can be dangerous, right, to just say, I'm going to go to the Bible and the Bible's going to tell me exactly what to do. You probably heard this crazy story. I mean, I've heard it for many years. The guy says, oh, I'm just going to open my Bible and stick my finger in there and that's going to tell me what I need to do. So he opens the Bible and he sticks his finger in there, and it said, Judas went out and hung himself. Whoa. He thought, well, that can't be right. So he opened the Bible again, and he stuck his hand in there again, and he reads, whatever your hand finds to do, do it immediately. 
Well, that's not a good way to do it, is it? If you're going to be sticking your finger in the Bible, don't do it to find God's guidance. Read his word regularly. Be in his word and find out what it says in the context of it all. Be there so that he can speak to you as you go. I think when we wait to try to find God's wisdom by just suddenly jumping into the Bible, that can be a very dangerous thing to do. Because we're, we're, uh, we're not really in a relationship, right? The whole thing of walking with God is knowing him and him knowing us and, and us walking in his ways. And the word of God on a regular basis really helps provide that. All right, so that's, uh, that's some brief things about why we should read the Bible. We're also talking about praying today. So, so why should we pray? Well, God says we should. <laughs> it is God's prescribed way to really deal with the worries of life. Anybody have any worries in life? Anybody have anxiety, stress? It's a new year, nothing, right? Everything's blank slate. Okay, we, we're just kind of sailing right now. No, no, no. There's a lot of stuff going on. All right, and you know, there is a definite prescription for that as, as prayer is the factor that really helps us. Paul wrote this to the Philippian believers in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead... Pray about everything. Boy, that's pretty clear. So when I'm worried, when I'm stressful, what's the first thing I do? Well, is it pray? It should be. (laughs) This makes it pretty clear, doesn't it? Okay, don't worry about anything. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about that too. He says, don't don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough stuff today, you know. And uh, But this is a prescription that we have in God's Word to instead pray. And then it gives us what we should do about it. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. But that's a good prescription there. All right, we have something that's pressing us. So the first thing it says is to tell God, okay? But it also says when you tell him, do it in a thankful way. All right, so in other words, I'm bringing my stuff to God, which he wants me to do in prayer. And by the way, prayer is talking to God like you would talk to a friend. Some people say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you, you, you know how to talk to a friend. <laughs> yeah, just talking to God. Just tell him what's on your heart. But also, as you do so, this says to be thankful, to, to thank him for what he has already done. You know, that gives us perspective, doesn't it? Uh, when I come into prayer and, and I have this thing that's pressing on me and I bring it to God, if I will stop and pause in the midst of that and thank God for what he's already done, I know he is faithful and I'm trusting him. He's helped me before. He's going to help me now. I, it, it keeps me in the right perspective. It's not like, oh, I can't handle this. Well, that might be where we start, but it gets us to a point where, Lord, I can trust you. You've been good. You always will be good. I read something this week, you know, uh, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it, with the um, football player that, that actually had the heart stoppage on the field. And um, it's just been fascinating how much emphasis has been on prayer. Yeah. Yeah kind of shows that uh, where are we going to go when we have nowhere else to go, right? Yeah. And God is waiting for us to come. But uh, one of the things that I was reading, I just read it this morning, actually, it was being an Eagles fan, I was reading an Eagles quote, but uh, uh, I think it was uh, Miles Sanders, uh, running back for the Eagles, said that they were fr- he was friends with this uh, Jamar. And uh, 
Is that right? Did I get the name right? Damar? Yeah, Hamlin. But anyway, he, uh, he said that um, uh, he was just praising God, and it was really great. But at the end, he says, this just proves that God is good. And I thought, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, certainly we celebrate God's goodness, and we celebrate. I mean, God's still good whether that happens or not. Yeah. And so as we pray, we thank God. We're reminded that God is good no matter what happens in the midst of our stuff. We need to stay there, don't we? That's our constant. And then it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We often stop with the fact that it says that God will give us a peace that passes understanding, which is a wonderful promise. We will find peace in the midst of what should, could and should continue to keep us stirred up. God supplies that as we, and I think what really happens is when we really give it to him, when we really have a trust in him, when we really reflect in thanksgiving on who he is and what he's done, then we rest in him. And that's where the peace is that passes understanding. But notice how it ends. His peace, this resting, this trusting will guard your hearts and your minds. Those are the parts, our minds and our hearts, that get all stirred up. Not only does it give us peace in that moment, but he will continue to keep us where we need to be. But it's only as we take advantage of what he says, right? That we pray about everything. That we pray about everything. Does everything mean everything? <laughs> I think so. Duh, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but do I pray about everything? No, lots of times I'll, I'll take care of this part. And then I get in a mess. And aren't you glad that God doesn't say, well, it's about time you came around. You know, James talks about that. He says, if you need wisdom, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. And you know what he says? He says, God will give it freely without finding fault. He doesn't say, okay, you should have come earlier. Nah, he's good. He's loving. He's kind. Bring your requests to him. And you don't have to pray special words. You just need to pray from your heart. He's your father. He loves you. He already knows. You know, he already knows what's going on. That always amazes me when it comes to prayer. If he already knows, well, he wants us to talk to him. It's important that we do. That you're not going to find a relational connection with God unless you're involved relationally. And that's where you find what you need day by day. So we pray instead of worrying. We pray because that's where we find peace. We pray because that's where we find protection. And we have a promise in his word over and over again. Just one passage I'm going to look at today. But we have a promise that he hears in response. 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. You might say, well, pastor, I've heard people talk about that and say, you can get anything you want from God, just ask him. Well, I don't think that's our normal experience, is it? I don't think we should have that type of a perspective. I don't think that's God's word telling us that. 
You notice what it says. You can ask for whatever you want, and we, he hears us, but there's a part in there that says anything that pleases him. You see that? He's in charge. He's God. We're not. He's not our butler. You know, often what happens when we pray is that God changes us, right? He, he changes our hearts so that when we're in the midst of praying, what we started with might not be where we end up. <laughs> it might be that, okay, Lord, whatever is your will is what I want. That's where we really find peace. That's where we really find his answers. He always answers. I just listened to a song this week. It's brand new. I, I don't remember all of it. But basically the idea was, uh, you know, if, if you have come to God with something and you're still in the midst of something and you think he hasn't answered, don't think that because he's not done yet. <laughs> it might not be the way you think it's going to be, but God still hears and he's still working. You might not see it, right? We sing a song sort of about that, don't we? He's still working. I don't see it, but he's still working. But prayer is a key part of that because we keep coming to him. Jesus encourages us to do that. Matter of fact, in Matthew 7, 7, we, we read this, the words of Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. You know, he gives the parable in that whole talk about the fact of, of someone who was pestering a judge. <laughs> And the judge didn't really want to do it, but after a while, he got out of bed and took care of him. Uh, you know, and, and of course, that's kind of a, a parable. It's not saying, well, this is what God is like, but it's saying that it's okay to keep coming to God because he is not like that, and he does hear, and, and keep coming. Don't give up because he will meet you as you seek, ask, and knock. Now, we can all agree on all of this. Say, hey, the Bible is the Word of God. Yeah, I need to be in it. Um, I need it to be in me. And, and we can agree, yeah, a prayer is important. I need to be praying. Um, but why don't we always do it? <laughs> so why don't we read the Bible and pray? And why, why do we struggle with this? Well, let me just share three reasons. This is not exhaustive, but three reasons, okay? First of all, we're in a spiritual battle. There are spiritual forces beyond what we can see, and they do impact us. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, 12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That sounds pretty overwhelming to me. I don't see them. I don't often think about them. That's kind of the devil's game anyway, isn't it? He appears as an angel of light. He, he doesn't want us to really know all the dynamics that are going on. But there's a bigger world than we see. There's stuff going on all the time that we don't even know about. And, and as believers in Christ, by the way, you don't have to be afraid of the devil but you need to be aware of the devil and you need to be knowledgeable that he is our enemy, that he is greater than us in strength, 
but that he is not greater than Jesus, who is your Savior. And that you don't need to be afraid of him, but you need to be aware of him, and you need to realize that you are in a spiritual battle. Now, he's not going to get you. If you've come to Christ, if Jesus has saved you, you are secure. Okay, we have promises throughout the scripture about that. But that doesn't mean that the devil is never going to bother you again. Matter of fact, I think he bothers you more. You know, once he's got you and you're doing everything he wants you to do, he doesn't care. He just lets you go. You know, he won't bother you. But boy, you get serious about Jesus and Jesus in your life. He can't get you back, but he can try to discourage you. He, he can try to do things in your life that will make you unproductive. <laughs> you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of give up maybe sometimes. That's what he wants to do. Can't get you back on his team, but he'll try to keep you from being effective. That's a battle that we're in all the time. That's a battle that I believe only can be won in the Lord's strength. He's the only one with the power. I mean, Jesus has already defeated the devil, but he's still doing his thing. Brian's doing the Revelation study. Uh, we read in there, of course, there's going to be a day when that's completely over. Not yet. We're still wrestling with those things. Yeah. And so, as we wrestle in these areas, the thing that will give us the strength to keep going is not found in our own abilities, but it's found in a relationship with God. And the closer we are with God, the more strength we have in this battle. The devil knows that closeness with God is what gives us victory in this spiritual battle. And he will try to keep you from this important part of your spiritual development. That's why it's hard sometimes to stay in the Word. That's why it's hard sometimes to stop and pray. Because we're in the spiritual battle. And that spiritual battle will result oftentimes in either forgetting or discouragement or things that keep us from the Word of God and keep us from praying. Now, another reason we might not be in the Word and praying is that it's our own personal issue. We, we, we don't want to deal with our own sin. As we said earlier, sometimes when we're reading the Word of God, of course, is cutting in there and, and showing us what is wrong, and, and maybe we want to avoid that. D.L. Moody said that uh, the Bible will keep you from sin but sin will keep you from the Bible. Yeah. A.W. Tozer said this, most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided we aren't going to do what he says. Whoa. Yeah. So sometimes we're not in the Word is because we don't want to be in the Word. We don't want to hear what God, we kind of already know what God has said, and we don't want to be reminded of it. We want to kind of continue where we are. The psalmist attests to the impact of God's word in our sinful lives when he wrote this in Psalm 119.11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He's saying, okay, this is the key to this. <laughs> if I want to really be sure that I'm not walking in sin against God's wishes, I need the word of God. Now, I got to tell you, at this stage in my life, memorizing the scripture is quite a challenge. 
But I, I can remember when I was a young Christian, I was really encouraged to memorize the scriptures. And even when I was in college, I got into some of the navigator stuff, and you know, maybe you had the, the scriptures on a ring, you know, remember the little cards and all that? I mean, some of you are saying, what in the world is he talking about? Okay, all right. All right. But anyway, whatever it is, it was good when I was younger, particularly, to get the Word of God in my head and in my heart. And it's amazing how some of those things that I memorized when I was a new Christian at 14, sitting in a campground in the middle of the woods, uh, still are in my mind. Now, it's kind of interesting as I've read different translations over the year, I, I kind of have my own translation sometime of those passages. You know, I, I mix up the King James and the New International. But, but guess what? Um, it's, it's God's Word. And I remember those things. They, they help me. They help me keep on the right track. We, we need God's Word. And, and we need to realize that if we are in a sinful condition that is keeping us from the Word of God, that's a dangerous place to be. It's not going to get better if you stay there. Life's going to get more challenging. God loves you, and he doesn't want you to stay where you are. And if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that's the most miserable life you can be in, is where you're saying no to God, yet you're still his child. Happens in our families, doesn't it? If you have a child that... Uh, kind of wants to do their own thing and really doesn't really want to have a family relationship. It's just awful in families where that happens, where there's uh, no talking. <laughs> I, I have a friend that he's, we're praying for his son, his, his son. He, he knows better, but he's just decided that he doesn't really want any contact with the family. It's awful. And that son's not prospering. He, he might think he's doing okay on his own, but he, he's in a mess. And we're praying that he'll realize what mess he's in, <laughs> so he'll really come back home where he needs to be. Dear friends, we, we're often like that as children of God. And if we're determined that we're going to do our own thing, even though we know we are his child and we need him, but for some reason that sin gets in there and, and, and we just kind of let it be there, we're in a bad spot. So what do you do? Well, you repent. <laughs> you need to admit that I'm trying to stay away from God. And you need to give up and submit and get into his word and pray. And, and you might not feel like it. That's okay. <laughs> it's all about feelings. <laughs> it's about getting in his word. It's about Praying. I was with a guy not long ago, and we were talking about, he, wanted, he had some questions about the end times. It's interesting how people get in all that. But At the end of the day, I, I said, he was trying to understand some things about the Bible. And I said, you know what? I said, it's good talking about this, but I just encourage you to read God's Word and ask His Spirit to speak to you. You know, it really comes down to that, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Getting quiet in here. Something going on. <laughs> the one reason I want to mention today that um, may keep us from reading the Bible and praying is that we may be emotionally unhealthy. I don't think we talk a lot about this. I, I've, I've talked about it in sermons in the past. I've wrestled with this in my life. I think that's why I talk about it. Um, I have been in places in my life where emotionally I've been unhealthy. 
I've been depressed. I've been wrestling with anxiety. I've had issues that I needed some other people to help me with, either medically or with therapy, counseling, and things of that nature. And I believe that God has used those things. Okay, But I also know in those times, I have wrestled with really reading the Word of God and talking to God. Because I have, my mind is in a bad place. My mind has got a twisted thought. I need some healing. And so I just bring that up because I think sometimes we don't bring it up in the church. Jesus tells us don't be stuck in our worries, but to seek God and know that he's loving and he'll respond. Verse uh, in Matthew 6, 31 to 33, a very familiar passage, says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. You know, when we get emotionally twisted, we, began to think, we begin to think again like unbelievers. <laughs> we, we, we lose touch with who we really are. God doesn't want us to stay there. He loves us too much, and He does provide. I, I believe He provides medical people and, and, and counselors, Christian counselors, that really help. I believe it's a method of discipleship that gets us in the right place. I'm thankful to God that I'm standing here before you this morning and can share His Word with confidence when I wasn't able to do that at one time. I mean, I kept going. Because <laughs> I believe that God's Word's still true, even though I might not feel like that all the time. All right? But I'm thankful that He helped me go through that and get to another place. I, I don't really want to go there again. I might. Who knows? That's up to him. But I can remember some of those times when I didn't want to read the Bible and didn't want to pray. You know what I did? I read the Bible and I prayed. I didn't want to. Didn't want to hear what that said. Didn't feel like it was real when I was praying. But I knew that it still was. And so I did it because it was right. And I believe that was a key factor in getting beyond. So I just want to encourage you with that too today. All right. Okay, sermon's not over. So, Pastor, man, you've been through a lot of stuff already. Okay, hang in there. We're going to keep going. You know, we're, we're encouraged by God, by His Word, to be close to him. Matter of fact, James 4, 8 says that. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. I have a dog. His name's Benny. Benny sometimes drives me crazy. I know he drives Betty crazy because he just wants to be with me all the time. And when I'm not around, he's driving her crazy because I'm not there, and he's whining and making a big stink about stuff. And this morning, I thought I wasn't going to get to church because he kept getting so close that I almost fell down on the floor two or three times, and I thought, man, you're going to injure me. I'm not going to get to church. That guy just wants to be close to me. Now, he's a dog, and who knows what those reasons all are. Probably a lot of insecurity. <laughs> but I've often thought about Benny and me when it comes to me and God. Do I really want to be close to God, even as my dog wants to be close to me. 
My answer isn't always yes. But my need is always yes. Yeah. And so what does it say? If I want to be close to God, it's not his problem that I'm not. (laughs) Right? It's mine. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. And again, I'm going right back to what we're talking about today. Two key factors in being close. Reading the Word of God and praying. Need to apply those things. And so, I think I need to pray. I need to have an open heart that I will get to a place where I can say what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 103. He said, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. You know... I don't want to stay in the place where I'm not thinking that way. Now, sometimes when I read that and I'm in a bad spot emotionally, I might think, oh, my goodness, I don't feel that way, so I'm such a mess. I'll never get there. Hey, don't live in that type of thinking because that is a lie. That's to try to keep you discouraged and away from what will bring you life. All right. I remember going through a time one time and I said, and this is, happens off and on you know i'm having a time getting in the word um just don't seem to have the hunger that i think i should and i remember my daughter-in-law who actually came to christ um connected with our ministry back in the day so it's kind of interesting when god uses people that he used you to influence to influence you children do that too in our lives don't they yeah and uh, she said to me my daughter-in-law well well, dad why, why don't you just ask god to give you that hunger. <laughs> and you know what? It's true. When we really do ask, he will respond. Might not be immediate, but be in his word and ask him. And that's an important part, I think, about reading his word, that prayer and reading the word go together. You know, we need to pray that the Lord will speak to us and that we'll be open. And that we'll have a hunger for him. But we also need to read, of course, because that's where he'll speak to us when we're reading. It all ties together. I'm just wanting one more thought about my personal struggles in some of this area. You know, the prayers of others are so important too. Never underestimate your prayers for somebody else. God uses other people as they pray for us. I remember one time, I was really in a bad spot. But I was still reading the Word, okay? And I was still involved in the things I needed to be involved in, okay? And so I was at this gathering of leaders. Uh, There were about 10 of us. And we all were leaders of international student ministries. And uh, I got to know these guys, and we got together to pray. That's what we were together for. Just to pray. And it, and it was interesting. That group initially got together to pray about the ministries, which you would think that's what we would do. But what God did in that was that that became a prayer group to pray for each other individually as people. And so we would spend, we'd get together for two or three days, and we would spend probably I mean, we kind of got to a place where we assigned everybody so much time because it could go too long. But, but each person would share what was going on in their life, okay? Open up your heart. 
I mean, real stuff, not just, oh, well, you know, we need $500,000 for the ministry this year. No, it wasn't that kind of stuff. It was, okay, this is what I'm wrestling with personally. And then we would pray over that person. And usually, not everybody would pray over the person, but quite a few. And I remember in one of those situations, my buddy Al, (laughs) touching me that day. And he prayed a scripture verse over me that I needed to hear. And it still touches me as I tell you right now. It wasn't one that I read every day. Matter of fact, it was from the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah? (laughs) What are we doing? All right. But here's the word. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. (laughs) This is the next part that really touched me that day. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. That was personal for me that day in ways I probably can't really explain to you because it's too deep for me even to fully realize. But the Lord was there in that prayer and in his word. And that brought a change for me beginning and renewal that I was needing. Importance of prayer together. All right, we're going to have to get into the final part here. Oh my goodness, I've gone longer today. Hang in there. All right, the final question I want to answer today is how do we read the Bible and pray? Very easy to start well and not not continue. So I think the first thing we want to say is we need to make a commitment. We need to commit ourselves to to do this. It's a good time to do it, right? First part of the year. Last year, uh, beginning of 2022, um, every once in a while I'll do this. I don't do it every year, but I said, I'm going to read through the Bible. Okay. So I got on my version, and I found they had on there reading the Bible through in a year chronologically. I'd never done it that way, and it was kind of fun. It was interesting, okay? It kind of jumped you around, all right, but... But it was chronological, okay, when, when, when this was written and how this ties to this and all of that. And I finished. I got a little bit behind in December, but I finished on December 31st. And I got some kind of great award from version, whatever that was, okay. <laughs> some of you were on my list. You said, ah, Pastor Glenn, he got an award. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, big deal, right? <laughs> But you know, we can do it when we decide. One of the things that we read in Scripture is that we have discipline because of God's power within us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We can make choices and do things because we have the Spirit of God that will enable us to do so. Make the decision. So we need to decide and to plan. So here's some things. First of all, we need to be daily and organized. You know, you you need to decide what time of day is best for you. I I like to start my day with the Word of God and prayer, but I don't always do that. (laughs) So sometimes I'm having my time later in the day, or I'm having my time before I go to bed, and sometimes I do multiple times, okay? Just make sure you do it, all right? Um, so don't be so rigid 
that if you miss your time, that you beat yourself up. <laughs> I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that's God's way. But don't forget that you need that. This is nourishment here. This is help for you each day. Um, if you've not been involved in reading the Word and praying on a regular basis, I'd encourage you not to start too big. Take a step. The navigators, they talk about seven minutes with God for somebody just starting out. Well, you can do seven minutes, can't you? I would hope. All right? And what they talk about is like two minutes in prayer. All right? Just coming to the Lord saying, hey, Lord, good morning. <laughs> Thank you for a new day. And... Uh, Thanks for all that you are to me, and, and uh, I look forward to you speaking to me. Speak to me through your word. And then read a passage of Scripture. And, and you can use, and we're going to talk about some helps here in just a minute, but I just encourage you to read four or five verses. I mean, maybe start in the book of Mark. Okay, I think that's a great place to start, by the way, book of Mark. Book of John, often people say, but sometimes that gets a little confusing in the first chapter. Uh, I start with the book of Mark, okay? And, and just read four or five verses, okay? And, and then ask God to speak to you. What's he saying to me through this? Okay? And then you end that time with a quick prayer again, saying, Lord, thanks for what you've taught me. Help me to apply it today. Seven minutes, okay? Good place to start. Don't stop there. <laughs> Hopefully that'll develop into more. But at least start. If you haven't been involved in the Word of God lately and you need to, start there again. Secondly, um, I want to talk about what I'm calling the text method. Uh, it's not my idea. I stole it from somebody else. You know how that stuff goes. Uh, you know, texting is kind of the way we communicate today, a lot of us. Um, I was reading uh, in a, a word today in one of the devotionals from Daily Bread said that this girl was texting 6,000 and some different texts a day. I don't know, world can you do that? I don't know. But anyway. But, but she was just saying, hey, this is how I stay in touch with people. And I feel like if I'm not in touch with people, the people I know, then I'm really kind of lost. Well, and it was applying it to our relationship with God and just saying the idea is we, we need to stay in touch. We, we, we need to be regular in our connection. And so this is a way to do that using the letters from the word text, okay? First of all, talk to God. Secondly, encounter God. Remember when you're coming to talk to God, it's not just okay, I'm going to get this done, <laughs> I, I got to do my devotions today, I got it done, check it off. No, that's not what we're talking about, we're talking about a relationship. And so it has to be an encounter. Okay, go, Lord, I want you to speak to my heart, I'm open to you. And then examine your heart. Remember we talked about the, the Spirit of God actually saying to us, this is some areas you need to deal with as we read the Word. So have an open heart, examine your heart. And then the last one's a good one, and that's to talk to others. Either talk to them about what you've learned or ask them a question. You know, God gives us other people in our lives to help us when we're maybe wrestling with something about the Word of God. And God puts people in your life. It doesn't have to be the pastor. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. But, man, there's a lot of people you know right here sitting next to you that can help you out. Yeah, it's important that we have others involved. All right, the second thing I would say is that not only do you have a plan and you're doing it, but it's okay to use helps, all right? I mean, certainly you need to be reading the Bible. You're just not reading a book about the Bible, but be, make sure that when your helps are leading you to the Bible, okay? I, I see people reading maybe a little devotional and then somebody else's thoughts and they never get into the Word. Well, that, that's not what we were going to be. But, but sometimes other people's comments certainly can be helpful. Some of you might read the Daily Bread um, I've used all kinds of things throughout time. Um, 
Somebody last year gave me uh, The Songs of Jesus uh, by Tim Keller, basically a study of the Psalms on a daily basis. Very helpful. I like his format. Um, he, has, he has you read a passage, then he gives some comments on it, and then he gives you some guidelines for prayer. Very, very helpful. Helps like that. Very good. Okay. And by the way, there are multitudes of these available. <laughs> you all know how to Google, right? You can find stuff. Now, you need to be careful that you're not reading some wacky stuff. I get that. But uh, I try to look who's writing it, you know, who they are, what their background is uh, before I use it. If you have a question about it, I'd be glad to talk to you. Yeah, and elders as well. Um, some of, I know my mom and dad always used uh, Charles Stanley's In Touch. Um, I've used Spurgeon's Faith's Checkbook and Morning and Evening. Like I told you, I've, I've read through the scriptures. Um, if you go on the U version, um, they and, and they have plans, okay, and you can just search for plans, and they, you can put what you're looking for. And they'll give you some ideas, um, yeah, and uh, it's a good thing. Uh, the thing I also want to mention is that um, praying and reading the Bible with others is another aspect of this. I think as we think about quiet time, certainly just being alone with the Lord is important. But I don't think that's the only thing we need. <laughs> I, I think we need to f- make sure that we're regular in times with others. Okay, we have a men's group here that gets together on Monday nights, and they read the Bible and pray. We, we have women's Bible studies. Um, they get together and read the Bible and study the Bible and pray. We have Sunday school classes. They get together, they read the Bible, and they pray. We have small groups. They get together, and they read the Bible, and they pray. Am I, how am I doing? You get the idea? What are we about here? We're going to read the Bible and we're going to pray. Now, we have fellowship in all of that. Don't get me wrong. But guess what? In all of those things, we have a prayer group on Wednesday nights. They get together and they, they read Scripture with each other, but they pray too, right? Okay. So there are opportunities here. Again, if we don't take advantage of it, we don't have the advantage from it. I'm in a men's group on Monday mornings. Uh, I, you can't come. It's for me and the guys that are there. This isn't anybody from this church. I, I got to have some fellowship. I mean, I love you all, okay? And I'm fine if you're having fellowship with people from other churches. Go do it. My goodness, that, the, the church is bigger than this little group here, right? Yeah. So I get together with these guys, not every week, but we get together 6.30, Monday morning. It's too early, I know. Oh, my goodness. I come creeping in there at the very end, you know. But we read the Bible and we pray. I mean, we talk a lot about a lot of things, but we read the Bible and we pray. That's what we're together for. Yeah. Um, I've been involved in the C.S. Lewis program. We read the Bible and we pray. Study the Bible and we pray. So be involved with other people. Very important. So as we close this morning, I just want to encourage you to have a plan for 2023. I'm not going to tell you what that plan is, but it definitely should include reading the Bible and praying. <laughs> on a regular basis. And it should include doing it personally, and it should include doing it with others. All right? All right. Now, I read somewhere that if you do something regularly for 21 days, it becomes a part of your life. You ever hear that? 21 days. Something magic about 21. I don't know. But you know what? 21 days from now is the end of this month. I, well, let's, let's kind of agree together. 
that, that we're going to do this regularly. We're going to read the Bible and pray daily for 21 days straight. And I want us to hold each other accountable, all right? Because what can happen is you might miss, and then you might want to give up. So, so somebody close by you or somebody you talk to today say, hey, I'm going to commit myself to that, and, and we're going to ask each other how we're doing, all right? Now, now, don't, if the other person doesn't keep up with it, don't say, oh, you, yeah, no, you're supposed to be helping them, all right? Yeah. All right, encourage each other. We need that to get through. Okay? We good? 2023, not only 100 years of church history, but vitality in the Lord and a closeness to Him. Kind of like my dog Benny, right? <laughs> I've been long today. Let's stand up. I'm just going to dismiss us, okay? Thank you, Father that uh, you have given us your word, that you want us to know you, that you want us to be close to you, that you know how needy we are and you don't reject us, but that you keep saying, come close and I'll be close to you. Forgive us when we've given up. Forgive us when we've lived in shame and guilt and not really lived in the fullness of who we are as your children. Help us, Lord, to... As we make this commitment over the next 21 days to be consistent, to do so. And we acknowledge that we know, as you've said in your word, that we're in a spiritual battle. And there are so many things that can distract us. But Lord, we also know that your spirit lives within us. So may we listen to your spirit when you nudge us and urge us. And may we hear from you and allow you to change us for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Happy New Year.